Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith, and I'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. An important part of what we do here at Ministry Watch, especially with these extra episodes, is to bring you important thought leaders who have things to say to both donors and ministry leaders. And that's why I'm pleased to have back on the program Phil Cook. Phil got his start in media working on the television program of Oral Roberts while he was still a student at Oral Roberts University. Over the years, Phil Cook has become one of the nation's experts on the use of media in a Christian context. He's also been outspoken on the need for men and women of integrity in Christian ministries. Though he got his start working for one of the most famous televangelists in the country, He also has been a thoughtful critic of televangelists. And even though he is a media and marketing expert, he says that evangelical Christianity doesn't really have a marketing problem. It has a character problem. And of course, that's a position that we agree with here at Ministry Watch. Phil Cook is a working producer in Hollywood who also has a PhD in theology. He's the author of a half a dozen books on media and marketing and has been a contributor to Fast Company, Forbes, and the Huffington Post, not to mention Ministry Watch. He's also a member of the Academy of Television, Arts, and Sciences, as well as the Producers Guild of America. Today, we're talking about his latest contribution to the Ministry Watch website. It's called The Loyalty Obsession, Why It's Hurting Churches and Ministries. Phil spoke to me via Zoom from his studio in California. Phil, welcome back to the program. You know, I really enjoyed uh, your article. In fact, I enjoyed, I don't know if it's exactly the right word. Let's just say I was nourished by, instructed by your article, The Loyalty Obsession, Why It's Hurting Churches and Ministries. And I want to start with why you decided to write this article. Why now? Well, for listeners who may not know who I am, let me just say that I've worked over the years with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of churches, ministry organizations, um, nonprofits, really working through leadership, media, um, really helping them get their message out there. And so I've encountered a lot of those churches over the years, and occasionally you'll see someplace where loyalty is more important than competence. In other words, a leader wants a team that's more loyal to him than a team that's really good at what they do. And I think that's really, really hurting the efforts of the church. And certainly, you know, I love loyalty. We want to be loyal. I want my team at Cook Media Group to be loyal to me, and I want to be loyal to my pastor. And I think loyalty matters. But we live in a world where, as Christians, we want unity in so much. We want to be so unified that sometimes we push that just a little far and loyalty becomes almost an obsession. And we figure as long as Brother Bob is loyal, you know, he may be the worst member of the choir. He can't sing a lick, but he's loyal. So let's give him the solo. Um, We feel like loyalty is so important that we're willing to overlook a lot of other things in order to get, you know, exchange it for loyalty. I, I think when that happens, we start getting into trouble. Well, uh, you mentioned one consequence of being obsessed with loyalty, and that is a compromise of quality, that that you might keep people on your team that might— maybe should go on and share their gifts with another team, right? They're gifted in different ways, right? But there's also another, and I see this a lot here at Ministry Watch, Phil, and I'm wondering if you could talk about that. Is And that is that people become, uh, employees become so loyal to the master, to the boss, to the pastor, to the ministry leader, that um, they're unwilling or unable to... Um, 
give him or her the kind of feedback that they need in order to be more effective leaders and to grow in Christ and to be Christ-like in their leadership. Can you say more about that? Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, you know what? I, I often joke with my team because we're, we're a, you know, for-profit company, although we work primarily with churches and ministry organizations, we're not a nonprofit or a ministry and certainly not a church. And I joke with my team that, you know, there's a, there's a certain loyalty you feel to a pastor or ministry leader that you don't feel towards that my team doesn't feel toward me. And so I understand, you know, many, in many cases, a pastor has led someone to Christ. Maybe they put a, a couple's marriage back together. Maybe they've helped someone get off drugs or alcohol. You know, the debt a certain person may feel to a pastor or leader is enormous in a church environment. I, I get that. I totally understand that. However, I also think that very often, if we're not careful, and this is the leader's job, is to really be careful that we don't push that too far. I, I know in meetings, you know, I, I've been in meetings with church teams, for instance, where, you know what, it was the pastor's way or the highway. Either you agreed with him, or you probably weren't going to be on that team for very long. And there's just not room. And that doesn't help the pastor because he's not hearing other other opinions. He's not hearing other perspectives. He's not getting good, solid feedback. And, and let me say uh, that it's something to be said for, you know, being a jerk in all this. It's one thing to give a pastor or a leader feedback uh, or give him another perspective or, you know, a conflicting idea. It's another thing to be a jerk about it. You know, we don't have to be condescending. We don't have to be rude. We need to be respectful at all times, I think. However, I do think you want to foster, you want to foster an environment where people can talk back to a leader. And let me say this too. I think it's important to understand that in the church, we often think conflict is a bad thing. We're so focused on the fact that conflict is bad, but the truth is, I'll tell you what, conflict can be an incredible thing. On my team, I, I, I've led creative leaders my whole career, and I want a certain amount of conflict. I want people to have different ideas. That's the whole thing behind diversity. And diversity is not just a racial thing. Diversity is an age thing. It's a perspective thing. It's it, it's a nationality thing. It's, it comes from a lot of different perspectives. But the truth is conflict is not always a bad thing. And to encourage a little conflict, a little dissension, I think is an important thing for a pastor to get a really you know, worldview that, that really helps move things forward. There's another dimension to this that I want you to say a little bit about, Phil, and that is that young people today, um, I'm a little older than you, but I think, but we'll, we're, of a, we're of a similar generation, and you, you observe that a, younger people today are much less loyal to organizations than maybe people of our generation. First of all, do I have you right on that? And can you say more about that idea? Absolutely. You know, my, our, our parents were of that, that man in the gray flannel suit generation where they stayed at a job for 30 years, never changing. You know, I, my, I come from a family of cotton mill people. My dad escaped from the cotton mill when World War II broke out. Otherwise, I'd probably probably be folding sheets and towels at, at, at a mill somewhere today. Uh, they went back for generations and they worked for the same cotton mill their whole life. And that's not true today. I, the statistics are, are really sh shocking as far as how often often people switch jobs today. I think, let me add this to that, uh, Warren. I think that, that 
younger pastors, church plants, particularly younger pastors, saw this situation out there a number of years ago, and they saw that young people just weren't loyal like older people were, and they started something that I think probably was well-intentioned, but it went a little overboard, and that's what we call the honor culture. A lot of young pastors 10, 20 years ago started preaching and teaching on what they called the honor culture, which you know, is, is a legitimately good idea to learn to honor older people, learn to honor relatives, learn to honor leaders, especially. And but I think they went so far with that. They've created this idea that honor is, you know, you we've got to honor everybody. We can't disagree with anybody. We can't, you know, come up with different perspectives. I just think all those things kind of mixed in make for a really, really, really difficult situation on a church leadership team. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen in a lot of the recent scandals that I've covered, I would think, you know, I can think of uh, Ravi Zacharias would be, you know, a, a recent example where there was just an unwillingness to believe that that the behavior uh, was really what it was, that the, that the loyalty was so strong um, that um, it really clouded the judgment of um, not just not just the leader, uh, but of the entire organization, donors, supporters, friends of the ministry, um, all the way around. That creates that circle the wagon situation where when when you're attacked, when the organization is attacked or the leaders attacked in any way, every, the leadership team kind of circles the wagon and they defend him at all costs, no matter what. I think we've seen that at a lot of scandals that have happened out there recently. Willow Creek was probably a good example of, you know, and, and I have to say, when I first heard that, I just... It was beyond my comprehension that this could be true. And mm -hmm. so you understand why leaders would circle the wagons and try to protect and defend the leader, the pastor. But um, ultimately, we need to be much more open to receiving criticism and and getting the outside perspective on these kind of situations, because you just never know. Well, Phil, and I know this goes beyond the scope of your article, but I'm just wondering if you would kind of freeform, brainstorm, spitball with me a little bit on, uh, you know, what are some things that you do or what are some things that you have seen in the organizations that you work with that sort of strikes that balance between um, t building a team uh, having uh, folks in the organization that really do care for each other and are loyal to each other without going overboard and becoming victims of the loyalty obsession, as you describe it. It's funny. It's easy. It's a little easier for me because for some reason the Lord found it uh, important to surround me on my team with people that think I'm an idiot. So they're constantly <laughs> reminding me of the mistakes I'm making. Um, but and the truth is they're mostly right when they, when they're, they're telling me I'm, I'm, I've screwed up. Um, I, one of the guys that I think has figured this out really well is a pastor named Scott Wilson at the Oaks church in Dallas. He does a brilliant job. I've been in his leadership team meetings. And one of the things that I love about what they do is when he brings in his leadership leadership team for the church and they meet, um, at the, you know, they discuss a million different things. And at the end of the meeting, Scott will literally, and he's got maybe 15 or 20 people in this room. He will literally go from person to person and say, Hey, so do you agree or disagree with what we've discussed today? And in front of everybody, they say, oh, I agree with it, or I disagree with it. And if you disagree with it, great, let's talk about it and get it out on the table. But if you agree with it, then later you can't be talking behind people's backs. You can't be criticizing things afterwards. You've got to be unified and in line. So he gives everybody on the team individually an opportunity to speak up, to say what they liked, what they didn't like. I just think that's a brilliant idea, doing it publicly among the team 
giving them a chance to do it. But I also believe that, there, you know, strife has no place in a, in a ministry organization. So once you say, I've agreed with what we're, you know, we've decided today, you need to be on that team. You need to be on that, that side and, and not criticize, not be bitter about it later. That's what really destroys an organization is those, that strife in the background and behind the scenes. So what he's done is great. Give everybody an opportunity to speak up. And, and I also think just as a leader, we need to give people space to complain. I just think complain, you know, what, what do you, what do you think about this doing the Christmas pageant this way or doing the Easter service this way? Or what do you think about this? I think in really having those frank discussions with people and creating an atmosphere where they can feel free to, to voice their opinion without fear of getting fired or demoted I think that's so valuable because I know as a leader, when my people, you know, sometimes it hurts when my people tell me I did something wrong or I could have done it better. It hurts. But at the same time, I realize, man, that 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 could have just saved me from something really significant. And um, I just think that that kind of attitude is so important for leaders to have today. Yeah, well, that's really great advice. You know, it, it's funny, Phil, that uh, uh, and I don't mean to belittle or denigrate um, uh, th th this topic in any way, shape, or form. But a lot of what you are saying is is kind of organizational development 101, right? I mean, it's like communication skills 101. Uh, listen more than you talk. Ask for feedback, and you're likely to get it. Uh, don't get defensive about the feedback when you do get it, and you will likely encourage more. And uh, I mean, th this this stuff, as as my friend John Stone Street says, is not rocket surgery. It's just stuff that we often fail to do that we that we tend to forget is that fair absolutely fair and one of the things i've learned dealing with so many pastors over the years is learn what really matters and what doesn't very often a member of the team feels like they need to express every opinion they have on every topic on every subject it's just not true i mean you know what i'm willing to lose some battles in order to win the war so i'm not going to nitpick you know if i'm working for a pastor or a ministry leader a nonprofit leader i'm not there to nitpick every decision he or she makes i'm there to help support their vision and if i see something going wrong absolutely i'm going to speak up or if i see something that i know is not in their best interest i'll speak up but so often i find team members that just feel like they have an obligation to speak up about everything that gets into chaos. So it's a matter of extremes. You know, we can be too critical. We can also be not critical enough. And I think finding that middle ground as a leader is one of the key places where good leadership begins. Well, Phil Cook, thank you so much for this article, The Loyalty Obsession, Why It's Hurting Churches and Ministries. Again, I found it to be super nourishing and helpful in the context of the work that we do here at, at Ministry Watch. And um, thanks for writing it. Thanks for letting us post it on our site. Thank our you. Site. That brings to a close this episode of the Ministry Watch Extra podcast. You can find the article we discussed today, The Loyalty Obsession, Why It's Harming Churches and Ministries, by going to the Ministry Watch website. Before we go, I'd like to remind you that Ministry Watch is donor-supported. We take no money from ministries. All of our content is free, no paywall. That means we couldn't do what we do without faithful donors like you. You guys are the real heroes of this enterprise. So if you'd like to join that heroic group by pitching in to make sure that Ministry Watch remains a viable endeavor, you can go to ministrywatch.com and hit the donate button 
at the top of the page. And if you give during the month of September, we'll send you a copy of a book I co-wrote with the Colson Center's John Stone Street. The book is called Restoring All Things, God's Audacious Plan to Change the World Through Everyday People. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosell and Jeff McIntosh. We get database technical and editorial support from Kathy Goddard, Stephen DeBerry, Christina Darnell, Emily Kern, Rod Pitzer, and Casey Sutton. I'm Warren Smith. You've been listening to the Ministry Watch Podcast. Until next time, may God bless you.